we're excited that you guys are here. We're, we're excited to be able to host you. Thank you for coming. For all of the ladies who dreamed, thought, prepared, pl played, did, I mean, all of it. Uh, come on, y'all just give them a hand, please. You know, and, and because I'm talking to women, you know women, okay? And so I'm just, I'm honestly, I, I'm just I'm proud and I'm excited that my, that, uh, that my wife would, would take on women ministry. Come on, because you know women don't even play. And so, um, you know, for her to want to do that and, and empower so many other women in our ministry, um, I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I'm excited about what God's going to do. The truth is um, churches need healthy women. We need it. We need it because here's the thing is that your um, temperament usually will set the temperature of the room. That, that's just how it is. Come on. There was an old saying that I remember when I was not married. Older men would say, if mama ain't happy. And, and I, 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 I was like, Psh, man, you don't even know. Man, when I, I'm going to tell you, when, when I get married, I'm going I'm, I'm to tell you, I'm going to run things. I'm, I'm going to be happy. But it's true. Yeah, yeah. Like if she's like emotionally just not like pinging, I'm like, what, 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 what? And I, I, I like, I feel what she feels. And I, I don't even know what she feels. And she doesn't know what she feels. So, you know, it's like both of us are... are and it was just off, and, I, and I'm telling you that I think that it was spiritual that God called a woman a helper, and a woman is to our world, to mankind, but also to our world, a representation of the Holy Spirit. And so when you are healthy, then we are more healthy as a society, as a world in our workplace, in our home, as a homemaker, what, whatever you do occupationally, and there is no difference between a woman who is a CEO and a woman who makes her home, the reality is that we need to understand that um, the, the enemy always will try to come and divide how you feel, what you think, your desires, securities, all of those things. And um, I, I think that you are a real leader. Regardless of your influences, you are a real leader. And I think that I, as I begin to talk about uh, what I feel like God has laid on my heart, I want to just say right off the bat that you're necessary, you're needed, you're valued. And see, our world puts value in superficial things. And so it's amazing how the enemy does. Because what he did in the garden is he tried to um, give Eve the substitute to say there's something better, but she was already in better. It just hadn't grown to its full fruition. Better was already there. She never had to leave to have better. She was going to have more. And so the enemy came to her and said, there's something God's not telling you. There's something that you have been, that been, not been told. And so if you will skip a step, you'll have it all now. 
That's the exact same thing that he did to Jesus. If you will serve me, if you will jump off here, if you will turn these rocks, if you will skip the cross, you can have honor. But the truth of the matter is, you don't get to skip steps. Nobody gets to skip steps. And wherever you're at, you've got to see that as a place that you've been put. Regardless of how you got here, you're here. Regardless of if you knew your father, you're here. Regardless if your, your mother was uh, too much or not enough, you're here. And so now that you're here, we want you to flourish. Now that you're here, we want to take whatever did happen and produce something great in your life. Never before has our culture faced as much anxiety as, as happening now. You know, it's amazing. We, we're always feeling like we're missing something, and life is like a treadmill that we didn't set, and we don't necessarily know how to get where we, we want, and we're frustrated that things in us haven't manifested yet. Come on, I, I believe that all of us have something in us that I, I, if I could just get there, but there is like uh, we know enough, especially if you grew up in church, you know there can't bring you happiness, but, but there, there could make you happy for a moment, and sometimes we satisfy for that. Well, that, that that's okay for us. You know, we live in a fast-paced world, and, and because of that, you know, sales never stop, businesses never sleep, uh, they're constantly moving, and um, what will happen is we, we, because we can't get there, it produces a cycle of negativity. Because I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. And, and it doesn't matter where you are, I'm just not where I, I'm just not where I want to be. Uh, I want to have a little bit more, more money. I want to have a, a mate. I want my kids to leave. I want my kids to come. I want, you know, it doesn't matter what, 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 what season you're in, I'm ready for my kids to have grandbaby. I'm ready for, it doesn't matter where you're in, and I think that God gives us that so that we occupy until he comes or until we leave. But if we're not careful, what will happen is that will frustrate us and wear us down. And, um, and I think that it's important for us to know that, um, that God has not forgotten you. That you're not, you're not forgotten. And um, God has a plan for your life. I want to talk today about a life that flourishes. I want to talk about a life that flourishes. And um, I, I'm, I'm going to be quick, hopefully. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I was, talking to, I was talking to one of the men before. I was talking to one of the men, and he was like, man, these women, they're, they're really loud. You can hear them outside. And I was like, great, because I have the session after lunch when they're all going to be tired. So, uh, so, so, so that's good. That's good. Um, but can, can we just have a moment of uh, transparency here, uh, you know, I said this just a, a second ago, you're, you're not forgotten. I, I believe that you're not alone, and we're hoping that you hear something that encourages your faith. But, but the truth is, let's just have a little moment of, of transparency. We all face hard times, everybody. And, but here's the thing, is that we think our hard time is much harder than their hard time. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? 
you know, my, my, obviously my hard time is different than your hard time because I know where you live and I know what you drive. And so, <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. I, I know what you, I know where you're at and, and I know who your husband is. I, I know who your boss is and I know where you're at. And so we always try to rate like who has the worst life. And, 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 and here's the thing is there are some women next to you that um, you have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea what's going on in them. You have no idea where they're at. And I think that these unexpected moments, how do we deal, how do we reconcile a good God that, that, that there are moments when just it seems like all hell is breaking loose in our life? It seems like there are hard moments, hard times, and, and these unexpected moments that make us want to question him, and make, question God, question us, question friendship, question our value, question our church, or are we in the right church, or question our community, are these really my friends, do I need new friends, do I, I don't know, are these, I think those are great friends, I don't know. And so before we know it, we, we have all of these questions going on in our mind and I feel like the enemy uses a lot of those to derail our faith to get us focusing on things that really you know won't move us forward in 2nd Kings chapter 4 I'm going to read probably a, a verse that's familiar to you maybe 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 not 2nd Kings <laughs> chapter 4 and I, and I want to get into what we're going to talk about um, I want to introduce to you a, a woman who is a hero. She is mentioned in the, the Hall of Fame. She is, it, she is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. It talks about a woman who had her son raised. It's talking about this woman. This woman is phenomenal. Here's the thing that's so phenomenal about this woman. We're going to read the story, but she has no name. You know, some of the greatest women, you may never even know. And so because value is tipped on the scale of who's popular, and so we've all never left high school, what happens is when I have that house or when I have that family or when I have that marriage or when I have that ministry or when I have that, whatever that seems to be for us, then I will be someone, but you're about to meet a woman who is in the hall of faith that never says her name, only says where she's from. You know, I, I think that anytime God um, uh, doesn't mention a sin or doesn't mention a name, there's a reason. Because here's the thing, if God would mention the sin and what it was, then many times we would step back and, and idolize that, institutionalize that, and say, okay, you can never do that. But instead of it being what, what in the garden was an apple, a kumquat, a fruit, a banana, we don't know. But, it, but the church would institute like no banana zones. I mean, if we knew it was an apple, we're not, we're not but dear God, we're not eating apples, definitely. <laughs> and so I think that sometimes when there is no name, I think that God does that on purpose. Because he wants you to be able to relate to this person and stop thinking that it was just a lucky person or that it was just because of birthright or it was just because they were special. The truth is this is a no-name woman who responded exceptional. And I don't know about you, but, 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 but I think there's something to marvel when, when 
um, someone responds exceptionally. Let's look at this. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 17. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come. That's important. Don't skip over that. You know, a lot of times we, we, we a lot of times I, I feel like, especially in the church, we don't know how to separate the, the miraculous from the immediate. And so it, we get frustrated because we believe in miraculous moments, but they didn't happen immediately. Here's the reality. Your miraculous moment may be coming. You're just frustrated because you wanted it immediately. But here's what, I mean, it just says that, and the woman conceived and bore a son at the appointed time. At the appointed time. Look at this. Of which Elijah had told her. And the child 18 grew. And now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. And so the servant said, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him, he brought him to the mother. He sat her on her knee until noon, and he died. Yeah. Dang. 21. And she went up and laid him on the bed bed where the man of God was, but uh, where the man of God slept, shut the door behind him and went out. She called to her husband and said, please send me one of your young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. 23. And then he said, why are you going? Come on, this just sounds like, why are you going? <laughs> Not like a man. Why are you going to him? It's neither the new moon or the Sabbath. And she said, all is well. What? It's well. What is it? What? Did your Bible say that? <laughs> it is what? Well. This woman's on crack. <laughs> Her son has just died. Okay, listen. Listen. Yeah, I, there are some, I mean, obviously you shouldn't judge anybody, but there are some things that you're just going to judge. You just are. You're just going to. Uh, that reaction, that deal. Okay, come on. We were at a red light too long. Someone ran it. They ran. They, 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 you're just going to be like, oh, I can't. I can't love. But then there are sometimes when someone blows it and you're like, well, I understand. They're having a hard time. They're probably not in their right mind. They're probably not, you know, they're, they're probably having going through something. This woman says it's well. It's, it is not well. We got to call the sirens, call the ambulance. We got some problems up in the house. The son that God gave you is dead. It is not well. Do not say it is well. I am mad at you for even suggesting that it may be well. Are you an unfit parent? But it, uh, it is not well. It's not well. It's not well. Okay, let's go on. Then she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, drive and go forward, not until, uh, do not slack the, the pace until I tell you. That, but that, I'm telling you, that's a mom. You get this thing rolling. And so here's the thing. I, I don't know if I filter this through our marriage or what, but I remember like that third and fourth child, come on, we were, the minivan was rolling. Get me to the hospital as fast as, and so, you know, obviously that was my time. I could go 85 miles an hour. You know, it was, it was exciting. <laughs> didn't stop, didn't red light. I mean, this woman, get the donkey. Don't slow the pace until I tell you to slow down. But I'm not going to tell you to slow down because all is well. I'm not well. I'm well. <laughs> and so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount, at Mount Carmel. 
And so when it was, the man of God saw her afar off and sent his servant Gehazi. Look, it's the Samaritan, uh, it's the Shunammite woman. No name. It's Esther. It's, it's, it's Fran. It's whatever. It's, look, it's the, the Rogers woman. It's the Texarkana woman. It's the Hot Springs woman. It's the Oklahoma woman, because I guess it has no cities. But uh, I don't, yeah. it, it's, it's the woman. Please run now to her and meet her and ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And, he, and, and she answered, it's well. We're all good here. Fast donkey coming in. Don't get run over. Can't wait to talk to you. I mean, miles out. I don't know, but I'd have been like, help. We have a problem. Time is ticking. You know what I'm saying? The body is starting to decay. I don't know how long I, this store, I don't know how long the, the journey was, but can, can y'all start coming now? All is well. What? What? When, when I grew up, there was a song that, that, that came out. It was called Things That Make You Go, Mm. <laughs> this is one of those things. Like, what is in her? And she obviously knows something that we don't know. It's, it's well. It's well. Look at this. And then, uh, let's see, it's well, right at 27. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came and was going to push her away. And the man of God said, leave her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. You know what? How do we reconcile those moments where there is no answer? And the men of God and the people of God and the women of God don't have an answer either. See, I think that this is probably one of the most important verses in this text because if this verse wasn't in here, you would think that she was almost superhuman. It is well, it is well, it is well. But, but I think she shows us that you can have emotions, concern, regret, hurt. You know, all of these things. And pour yourself out and still believe. And still believe. Does that make sense? Like, like all of these emotions of how is it going to happen, what's going to happen, all of that, I can still believe, and I know it's well because I know where my help comes from, but I can still be real. I can still pour it out. And you know what? Because I'm pouring it out doesn't mean I don't have faith. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. You know what? Sometimes, as a body, we don't really do that good with people who are hurting. Now, sometimes as a body, the people who hurt like to isolate themselves and no one knows you're hurting. Ain't nobody, you know, ain't, ain't nobody trying to like look through your house. Now, oh, she cried today. If you don't say, we don't know. I mean, I, but, but I think that there is a place here where the leadership in that moment did not push her away, did not critique her, did not judge her, 
did not condemn her, but let her mourn. Take a moment. Don't push her away. Let's talk about this. And then it, it goes into this. I know this is long, but uh, we're going to actually start talking about other things. Um, but, it, but it says here, um, 30, and as the mother child, as, I'm, I'm going to go up to 29. And then Gehazi said, get your, oh, what, 28, sorry. And so she said, did I ask for a son to my Lord? I did not. I didn't say anything. Do not deceive me. Here's the point. Is you may not know about this woman's story, but here's the deal. This woman started out as a server, as a giver, as someone who wanted to make a place for the presence of God in her home. She went to her husband, check this out, and asked him to build on to their home so another man could live there. Yeah, go check out that conversation. <laughs> Babe, I've really been praying. I feel like this is what got the Lord's stand. I think we need to add on to our home so that one of the pastors can stay. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to go over well, very well. She does this. You know what? And there's almost this idea in faith that if we serve and give and do, God will unlock the thing missing in us. And I believe that, I believe that um, uh, to a fault. But here is what this woman did not understand is that just because God can speak life into something that's dead does not mean that God will not have to speak hope into something that's living. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many times, many times we get excited because what happens is we want God to call out something dead in us and we want him to speak it over us and call it out and God calls out life. And many times that's where we end. But, but what happens is we get frustrated with the life. Something happened with the life. The life you gave me. And a lot of times we are prepared for God to call out the life. But God will also need to call out hope and help and ministry in order to keep this life, come on, functioning. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This woman had to understand that, you know what, not only am I calling something out in you that you have tried to hide a talent an ability a gift a dream a goal I'm gonna call this out but once I call it out it's not done I'm many times gonna have to speak life into it and hope into it and help it and develop it and and to see it come in and to see it live full and to see does that make sense yeah. and a lot of times what happens is we get something started and then the thing that God gave us the thing that's working you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's our business, it's our career, our marriage, family, kids, you know, job, a home. All, the very thing that God gave us is now the very thing that's frustrating us. The very, the very blessing of God that, you know, one minute we were excited. We were making the post, we were excited about it. But the very next minute, it's like, ah. Oh. This woman had a right. She never asked for the child. She served this man of God and never one time asked for anything. And in fact, this prophet brought her in because of her service. And he said, what do you want? And she said, I'm good. He said, no, 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 no. What do you want? 
And his servant said, you know what? She doesn't have any kids. He said, call her back. She stands in the doorway of the room that this woman had built. And he looks at her without a conversation and looks at her and says, by next year you'll have a son. She begins to break down and she says, don't play with me. You can read the verse. Do not call that out in me. See, here, here's what I, I, I see. As we go on and, and, and read the rest of the story, um, his servant goes with the staff and, and tries to pray over the, the, the child, but the child won't get up. The, the servant comes back and says, hey, Elijah, it, it didn't work. And so Elijah goes. And I think that there's some important parts here that I want to read to you. But, but as we, we begin to talk, I want to walk through just like four points that I think will help you flourish. Four points that I think will help you flourish. The first is this. You don't want to allow your current situation to change your attitude about God. Whatever your current situation is, don't allow it to change. Here is a woman who served and did everything. I, I, I seemingly did everything right. I built you a home. I built you a place. I, I, I served you every time you came into my home. I gave you something to eat. I never asked for anything, but you called out at me. See, here's the thing, reason why you got to be at church because here's the deal. God will call out something in you in a sermon that you didn't even know. That, I mean, that, that you had put to death. I'm not even going to mess with that anymore. I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to have that dream anymore. But all of a sudden, God will call that thing out that nobody knows. None of her friends knew. Nobody knew. But all of a sudden, God begins to call that out. Now, here's the deal. God's called that out. I just had a conversation with a, a friend of mine who, you know what? He was a pastor. He launched a church. and You know, just didn't ever go well. Didn't take off. They, they spent a lot of time, spent a lot of money. They wanted, I mean, they, they called by God, great people, fantastic, love them to death. And here's the thing, is with all of us, how do we reconcile God calling something out and then all of a sudden, it feels like it didn't work? Because in that moment, that's when you say, hold up, I didn't ask for this. I did not ask for that. How dare you? Hold up. Because, uh, you know, if, if you don't read the rest of the story, you think she's getting on the donkey to knock him out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I told you, don't mess with my emotions. I told you, don't call out. Don't deceive me. Don't tell me I'm going to have a son only for him to die a few years later. Do not mess with me. I have already given it up. I'm okay. I've already, I've already moved on. But now you're going to call up something in me. And then I find out it's not good. I'm going to call. I'm going to start. And then all of a sudden I find out it's dying. I'm, I'm, you're going to call something out in me. And all of a sudden now it's on life support. And I don't know how to. I don't know what to do. You know, here's the thing. Don't allow your current situation to change your attitude. It is well. Hard moments come. Hard moments come. But here's the problem is that we, we have expectations of God instead of expectancy. 
And so what happens is we expect God because he called it out. We expect God. And so many people are frustrated. They leave church not because God was ever wrong, but because we preconceived how God should do it. Come on. Expectancy leads to preconceived ideas. It means that you've decided how things should turn out, and if they turn out that way, you're okay. Expectation is different than expectancy. Expectancy engages faith. It opens up the possibilities of what God will do. Well, obviously, if God if, if God's going to produce this child, I expect him to have a long life. Like that's an unspoken. Here's what I'm telling you. Is that many people have not been let down by God. Many people came up with how the story should go. And it didn't go that way. You hear what I'm saying? Many people come, good or bad, with these expectations. I expect God to do this, this, this. I'm not saying that we aren't people of faith. I'm not saying that we don't believe. But here's the deal. We stay in expectant faith, and we believe for God because the truth of the matter is both the enemy and, the, the, and God are working and navigating out our character, our life, or whatever. And, and, and there are a lot of things that I never thought would happen. When Katie and I got married, I was so naive. You know? I never thought we would have two premature kids serving in the ministry. I never thought that there would be, I mean, anything but like happy days. Come on. I, I, I had... I had an expectation that, God, if I work hard enough for you, you're going to work hard enough for me. And we're just going to work hard, and, and I'm not really going to face any major adversity. But here's what happened. When things don't go well, you know, when, you're, when your daughter uh, it, it literally is almost facing death, then you're like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> This expectation thing is real. And here's the thing. I think a lot of times that is what limits us in connection with him because we feel like he let us down when really we don't know the end of the story. Like you let me down. No, 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 no. You, you think it's over because you live by your five senses. But I can speak life into anything, and if you will believe in me, come on, if you will not go by how you feel, if you will not go by what you will see, if you will not, then here's the thing. This story may turn out totally different than what you thought. Come on. Come on. Stay expectant. Don't get into expectation. Don't lock God into a box. People, we see that in the New Testament. When people dealing with Jesus, they thought Jesus should act this way and do this way and be this way. E expectation will lead to how you think it should happen. But for us, we want to stay expectant. Listen, 
The second thing is I love the fact that she moves quickly to the presence of God. So at this moment, the, 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 the man of God at this time was the presence of God. That, that's who it was, the, the presence of God. Uh, this was a prophet. He spoke for God. And I love the fact that as soon as adversity hits, she saddles her donkey. Come on now. Look at this. She, she saddles her donkey. She doesn't stop. She doesn't have a, 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 mo a, a, a moaning party. She doesn't call all the girls over. She doesn't have the weird emotional Facebook post. She, she, she doesn't, you know what I'm saying? That leaves you to go, okay, what, 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 what are they trying to say? You know, you know, because Christians vent weird. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're going to say something and then it's going to be, you got to figure out the message. But my people know exactly what I mean. Listen, there, there, there's, no, there's no sad emojis. There's no, like, like as soon as the adversity hits, she knows where to go. And can I tell you that we've got to be able to saddle quickly. We've got to be able to make a decision quickly. When adversity hits your marriage, when adversity hits your finances, when adversity hits your health, when adversity hits, you've got to saddle quickly. You've got to saddle quickly because the longer you wait, the more your mind's going to play games. And, and the more the enemy's going to come in and cause doubt. But here's the deal. There is no waiting from the moment It happens. I don't know. I can tell you this. That I have seen people take, I, I've seen people come through incredible adversity. Way, way, more, way more than anything that I, I, I would care or want to, to have as a burden. But I will tell you this. When you begin to move quickly, and here's the thing. She didn't drive herself. Sometimes you got to have people help usher you where you need to be. See, I, don't, I can't get there myself. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not there. I'm not there. But sometimes you need to grab the hand of somebody, come on, and say, lead me where I need to be. Lead me where there's faith. Lead me where there's joy. Lead me because I don't feel it in this moment. Lead me where I need to be. Because in and of myself, I would just sit right here and I would come to my end. But I need some people in my life that will help me saddle up and ride and be in a position to hear God. Come on. We gotta move quickly. Quickly. Doesn't mean that we don't grieve. It doesn't mean that we don't lose. It doesn't, doesn't mean that any of that. It means that you have to know something. Is that I think that this woman is called a woman of faith because her what was happening around her was be was able to be held at bay. And it, and, it, and it never destroyed what was in her. Like she knew God. It is well. It is well. Now I got problems. It is well. We, we're going to have to come up with an answer. It is well. I need your help. It is well. Uh, things are. I, I mean, obviously, I got on a donkey and came and, I, and we, we got to talk. You know? It is well in here. And I'm not letting that adversity over, overtake me. The, the next thing, I, I don't want to read this to you. It, the point three is that she stayed connected. She stayed connected. You know, look at this. 
I love when, when she says this. Um, uh, verse, uh, let's see here. Verse 28. And she said, Did not I ask for a son, my Lord? Did not I say, um, Do not deceive me? And then he said to Gehazi, Get yourself ready. Take your staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And as the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Many times when adversity hits us, People disengage. Yeah. We're trying to be the church and we're trying to love on you. And I get it. The last thing you want when, when adversity hits you is you don't want people asking how you're doing. I'm doing terrible. <laughs> but you're going to have to teach people how to love you because here's the thing. You can't leave. The enemy loves isolation. He loves it. If he can isolate you, then he can manipulate you. And if he can manipulate you, then here's what... Come on. We see it too many times. I will not leave you. You are, God is sending you to help on my behalf. I will not leave. I will not leave. I will not leave this friendship. I will not leave this, this well, the church. I will not leave this, 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 this place that I'm at. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay hooked. I'm going to stay hooked. That doesn't mean forever, but for right now, to see me through this process, I will not leave. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. And here's the deal. She began to follow someone else other than how she felt. I'm not going to follow my feelings because if so, they may take me somewhere else. I'm going to stay connected. I'm going to stay connected. I'm not going to go ahead and go ahead. All right, so you're, you're coming. You're on the way. Okay, I need to go ahead and get up because I'm, I'm not sure if my house is clean. And I got to make sure that everything's good. And I'm going I'm to put, yeah, I'm going I'm to go ahead. I'm, you, you come. I'm going to go ahead. I know, how to fast, I know how fast it gets here. We have a fast donkey. We're going to go real fast. We're going to meet you when you get there. I am going to be with you. If you go slow, we go slow. If you go fast, we go fast. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to follow you. You know, let me tell you something. We all have to battle our emotions. Girls, guys, men, women, it doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, if you will follow life, if you will follow Christ, if you will follow the miracle working of God, if you will follow, what I'm telling you is, it will lead you to the right place. It will lead you to the right place. Stay connected. I will not leave. I will follow. I will not worry. I will not run ahead. I will not get on my own donkey. I will not handle it myself. Come on. I will stay connected. The last thing is this. I will allow God to work. Women who flourish. I'm going to allow God to work. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, duh. But what is interesting to me is this woman was... Um, anointed enough to have the presence of God at her house. She was a servant enough to make room. She was astute enough to know when she would need help and knew how to get it. But she could not go in the room. She could not go in the room. 
Elijah went in the room, and Elijah did the work, and Elijah was there, and Elijah went through the process, and Elijah would sit and get up and sit and get up and lay down and get up and walk and get up and do. Elijah would do that, and here's the deal. When it was time, go call them on. A lot of times, we get right up to the point where we're on the threshold of breakthrough, but we get frustrated that it's not happening fast enough. And because we get frustrated it's not happening fast enough, then we either over-engage or disengage because we feel like God has let us down. Listen. Allow God to work. Allow God to work on your marriage. Allow God to work on your husband. Allow God to work on your child. Allow God to work. Allow God to work. Come on in your fight. Allow God to work. You, you've done your part. You, you did it. You, 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 you're controlling your thoughts. You, you're moving to the place where life is. You're following. Now you release your faith and believe that that time in the room is meaningful. And God is doing something. And God is working. Come on, somebody. And you're not, we'll win, we'll win, we'll win. You're not going to the door. You're not opening it every five seconds. Is that huh? You allow God to work. You allow God to work. You know, I don't know how you get to the place where it's, it is well in my soul. But there's an old hymn that was written by a man who had a great adversity. Have y'all heard the story of the, the, the It Is Well song? This this song did not come out because this guy had a, 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 a life of adversity-free. It was an adversity-free life. This came out because um, this man, in a fire, lost all of his investments. He was a real estate broker and lost all of his investments in 1971, in 1871. In 1873, a ship carrying his wife and his four daughters um, was struck on the open sea. All four daughters died. Then his youngest son died. I don't know how to reconcile all that. But he began to write a song. He began to write this song and here's what I'm saying, is that if everything has to be good in our life for us to be good, then, then I think that we have a false sense of security because security does not come because our life is good. Security comes because we have a vision of moving through this world to heaven. The goal is not great here, although we want the kingdom to be here on earth. So we're going to study, we're going to grow, we're going to parent well, but we are going. We are going where our parents are, well, hopefully, prayerfully. We are going where our children are. We are going, we are going, we are moving through this to that, and so it is well. Why is it well? Because I've been saved. I know Jesus. 
and I know where I'm going to end up. And so these momentary afflictions do not change my perspective. Jesus died for me. His blood covers me. And while I may face a lot of stuff in life, it's well. And ultimately this, if you want to flourish in your life, you are going to have to have a kingdom perspective. Because if not, I'm just telling you, all of this will fade. Come on, hair's going to fall out. Everything else is going to change. But heaven is where we're going. And people who flourish walk through this because they see that. That's why Paul said, if they come against me, I'm good. If I go to heaven, I'm good. I'm moving through this to get there. And ultimately, that's how this world cannot stain the beauty of what God has called you to do as women.